Hi, I'm Sally. I'm Linda. And I'm Ming. Pour yourself a cup of tea and join us for this week's episode of Moving Oolong. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to our milestone episode. So this is episode 50, and we have a special guest with us today. So we have our friend Jethro here to talk about East versus West Coast. And Jethro is our good friend from high school. I think Jethro and I met freshman year, um, and we had lots of good memories in high school, and Jethro was really fun to be around. And we'll get more into why we have Jethro in for this episode later. So before we do that, let's do our weekly recap. Uh, Sally, go. Um, So I feel like I have a lot to recap on this week. I don't know why, but because it was Lunar New Year over the weekend or week weekend. So I got to FaceTime my grandpa. (laughs) It was like the first time I've ever FaceTimed my grandpa because he doesn't know how to use technology, but my cousin set this thing up. So like, I was surprised that our whole family actually joined the FaceTime because every time she's like, do you want to FaceTime grandpa? No one responds to her in the group chat. But then this time everyone actually came through for Lunar New Year. So that was cool. And um, I found out that my cousin was getting married <laughs> through this group group chat or group FaceTime. and. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, so my pottery, my first session of my pottery class just ended last week. So I signed up for the next session because I'm like in love with pottery now. So I can't stop doing it. And I'm still Wait, what like, did you make? Pretty, uh you can find it on my Instagram. <laughs> I made an Instagram for my pottery goods. Plug that Instagram. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it's wingsy.ceramics. My Chinese name oh. dot ceramics, but yeah, I feel like I'm still really bad at it. So I need to improve in the next session. Um, yeah, I feel like I had. I guess I have nothing else to say. I think that's all I have to update on. But I really liked my pottery class and the people there. Like I said in the first week, the people there were really nice. And then I went into Open Studio today, and like everyone there was like a grandma, a grandpa. <laughs> so I feel like Aww. the people doing pottery. Well, the people in my class are a little bit younger, but I feel like it's like a hobby that you just keep doing until you're old and retired, and then you just go full time like pottery because you have nothing else to do. But it's so wholesome. So is the next session like uh, more in-depth lessons? Or, no, I just sign up for the um, same level. More free time? Um, so for my class, okay. it's beginner slash returning students. So we have like a mix. I, when I joined the class, I was kind of like considered a beginner. Then a lot of people in the class already had done this before. So they were just there for to do their own thing. And honestly, because I took the pottery class at UMD before, I already knew the basics, but it was just nice to like run through the basics again. And then every class, um, the teacher does a demo, like a short 15-minute demo of some specific thing that someone mentioned that they wanted to learn. And then the rest of the time, it's just free time. Like mm. you just make whatever you want. So in that sense, like m- most of the class is just on your own. And then if you have questions, you ask the teacher. So it's pretty chill. Okay, Ming, how was your week? I like that format a lot. (laughs) My week was uh, pretty good, I guess. Yeah, I guess a lot happened because we had uh, Lunar New Year and then uh, Valentine's Day and then President's Day. So I had Monday off. So coming back to work was like, it's always hard after a longer weekend, even though it's a shorter work week, it's just like harder to get back into it. So I've been catching up on work stuff. And I don't know, I guess the rest of my week was pretty good. Um, when I went over to Stefan's house for Valentine's Day, as soon as I walked in the door, he was like, do you remember how to say uh, like Happy New Year in Chinese? <laughs> because um, I was not expecting anything from his parents at all. Okay. I was not expecting anything. Normally when I just go over, I just kind of like, we just hang out and then I leave. Like not that much happens, but he wanted me to go talk to them. And it turns out that 
they wanted to give me a hongbao. So I was very taken aback. And I was trying to remember everything that I was supposed to do with like, uh, what to say and everything like that. But I panicked and, you know, I kind of just like mumbled through it all. But <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. It was a nice surprise. Um, nice that they thought of me, I guess. Um, and yeah, I don't know. The rest of my week has been pretty good. I've been doing more crocheting, like getting into that hobby. And that's that's literally all I have to update on. <laughs> that's cute that they give you the home ball for New Year's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was not expecting it at all. And like I was trying to uh, remember everything so that I didn't look like a fool. But I always forget anyway. So. Did they understand what you said at least? <laughs> Yeah, I think they okay. got the gist of it. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I was like, just trying to be like super thankful anyway. So they they got the point, I guess. Yeah, but was not expecting it. Because I thought when we talked about it, that it was like, or at least in his family, I thought it was given to people who aren't working or like younger people. So I did not expect one. But yeah, that was a highlight, I guess. What about you, Linda? How was your Lunar New Year and day off of work? Mm, yeah, so I took off Friday on a whim. So I had a four-day weekend. And part of me is like, what's the point of taking off if like the amount of work you do doesn't decrease? You just have to catch mm. it up later. So that's why I'm like, what's the point of taking a day off? But it was still nice. And we did all like the regular stuff and made dumplings and we did Oh, check out our previous episode <laughs> to find out more about <laughs> what we do. <laughs> a good plug. Yeah. Um, oh, we did get this like very intriguing Pantone cake from our Taiwanese grandma neighbor. So my mom recently Wait, made friends fruit with cake? her. And it's like, yeah, but it's like the spelling is all weird. So it's like a knockoff version of Pantone. It's like it's like Pauto <laughs> or something. And I didn't notice like the spelling was wrong until I looked at it. I'm like this doesn't look normal because everyone knows what Pantone is, but my parents love it. Like, it's like this big. And I got downstairs and they were taking turns, like taking bites out of it directly. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) But I was reminded of Sally's dad's fruitcake at the time. I was like, I'd rather take that Excuse me, it is not a fruitcake. It's a a banana chiffon cake. No. God. Banana chiffon. Banana chiffon. This is the first time I've heard of this. <laughs> Maybe you need to come over more. He'll make it for you okay, if you come over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, Jethro, how was your week? Uh, my week was pretty good. Um, let's see. Oh, over the weekend, I visited my cousin in Tucson. She just moved there. So that was also my first time in Arizona. Mm. like she just moved there from the philippines oh i drove part of it because my dad and i like to Mm. switch off when we drive so i drove like three hours of it um it's my cousin's first time in america from the philippines so like it was kind of cool introducing her like yeah so like you know this is america (laughs) this is what it is but um she's seeing just (laughs) arizona hopefully she comes to vegas and she can see more of the country soon Mm. is it far Mm. from vegas or wait, you just said um, it was like three hours drive. Never mind. Well, no, actually, um, it's a six hour drive because um, Phoenix is only like a mm-hmm. four to five hour drive, but Tucson's an extra two hours, so it's about six hours from here. Why did they decide to move to Tucson? Mm-hmm. Is there like something there? Oh, um, so she married I've never someone heard of this in town. the Air Force, and like uh, he got stationed there, so they didn't really pick it by choice. But it okay. happens to be close to us, so yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know if there's anything distinguishing about tucson i my grandparents used to have a little place there so uh when i was really young like i don't remember this but when i was really young there's like pictures of me sitting next to like cacti and stuff like that in arizona oh my god yeah there's so many cactuses there and like well here there's a few but it's mostly palm trees yeah Mm. that was nice though Mm. Yeah, it was a fun trip. I always thought it was called Tuxin. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like my mom thought it was Tuxin too, but I was like, no, it's pronounced Tucson. Tucson. True. 
maybe that's kind of alludes to why we have you on the podcast. But oh, okay. you said you lived in Las Vegas, so we can touch on more of that. All right. So like Ming said a little bit in the intro, we have Jether on because he has a unique background of being in Air Force K growing up. And um, we all know that you've been to a lot of places. You've lived in a lot of places growing up. I remember you wrote your college essay about that <laughs> or one of maybe one of your college essays. Um, so do you want to talk about what places you have experienced living in so that we yeah, can sure. compare? I actually made a list so I can remember. Oh, wow. All right. So, um, yeah, I was born in Manila in the Philippines. Um, but then when I was one year old, um, we moved to Grand Forks, North Dakota. And that's where, um, you know, like my dad's first base in the Air Force. And that was my mine and my mom's first time in the United States. My brother was also born in North Dakota. And we know he was our baby because he was the only Asian baby in North Dakota. So we didn't <laughs> switch him out at birth. <laughs> then um, after North Dakota, um, I stayed with my great grandparents in Carson, California for a little bit. And then after that, we moved to Okinawa, Japan. I lived there for six years. So my childhood was basically spent Dang. in Japan, even though I went to an American school, it was still mm -hmm. in Japan. After that, I went to um, the Philippines. I lived there for a year and I kind of got to experience my roots a little bit. And then after the Philippines, I lived in Osan, South Korea for mm -hmm. um, about six months. And then after that, I finally moved to Maryland and I lived there for, let me see, about five years. And that's where I went to Roosevelt and I met you guys. Um, after living in Maryland, I moved to Angwin, California. That's where I went to PUC for two years. Um, if you don't know where Angwin is, it's... Um, right above Napa and just above like the general Bay area. So it's in NorCal. <laughs> and then um, after going to PUC and living in the Bay area, I finally moved to Las Vegas where I currently live. And then I finished my undergrad at UNLV and I currently still live here. Wow. So do you think you'll move again? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I don't know. Cause I applied to a few jobs and a lot of them are based around here, but I also applied some places in California. So we'll see about mm -hmm. that. So it's between here and California for you. Yes, uh, in the current moment, but who mm -hmm. knows in the far future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, Jethro, come back I had to Maryland? no idea that you had been to so many different places. Like I knew about, I think, maybe Japan and the Philippines, but mm -hmm. was not aware of the other places. Well, you never mm -hmm. asked. <laughs> Wait, do we need to pause for Linda? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is going on? I think I'm it's her Wi-Fi again. Perhaps. But yeah, I didn't know you lived in Korea. Well, it was for, really brief. It know. was just like six months. So, but I mean, I still kind of count it because six months is kind of a long time-ish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was. I was like on the Air Force base, so everything was still pretty American anyway. That's true. Is your da dad done like traveling? Yeah, he retired um, in 2019, right before the pandemic. Um, wow. But. They like it in Vegas, so I think they're going to buy a house and retire here because they like it here mm -hmm. so much. So now that you've ended up in Las Vegas, um, I know that you graduated recently. So do you want to tell us like what you're doing post-grad or I know everyone's kind of like all figuring everything out, especially during the pandemic, but what you're doing right now and if you ever do plan to move around. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, um, I graduated last December. I was kind of sad I didn't have a real graduation ceremony. But yeah. you know, it's okay. I, I got my degree. That's what matters, right? Um, during my last semester, I interned at this place called mm -hmm. Ava Rose Agency. I was a public relations intern. And, you know, luckily, they decided to hire me part time for now as their public mm -hmm. relations slash marketing coordinator. So I've just been working for them. And then I've been training the new interns. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm still looking for full-time employment. So I recently interviewed at this place called 84 Communications for a PR coordinator. And they'll get back to me by Friday. So hopefully I get the job, fingers crossed. Wow. Wait, I have I have yeah, to say that, luck. like, I know in, um, we went, so if you guys haven't heard any of our previous episodes, we went to a science and tech like STEM focused um, high school program. And then I know we used to joke like Jethro, like you would be a great car, sa car salesman because <laughs> you're so charismatic and you were really into cars <laughs> at the time. And I don't know if that's still the same, but honestly, I could really see you thriving in like a PR kind of environment. 
Oh, thank you. I mean, I still am into cars, but like, you know, realistically, I'd want to do something more like I could still work for a car company, but I wouldn't be the salesman. I'd want to be like in their marketing team or their PR team. But yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I still love cars. Um, besides academic <laughs> stuff, I've also been um, relearning French over the quarantine because if you guys remember, I took French in high school. Yeah. But like, it's been a while since oh, that. Yeah. So I was like, I have nothing else to do during quarantine. I might as well like you know, try to like learn French again. I've been using Duolingo. I've been listening to French music. <laughs> I'm watching French videos on YouTube. I'm even watching this um, kids film in French on Netflix. It's called Miraculous Ladybug. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cute name. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's about like Maybe- ladybugs like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so I guess we can... um we can get into the meat of the podcast where we really talk about why we had you on because I think we have a few friends who are out on the West Coast uh, for jobs or in- internships, but I think you're one of the main people we know who's actually had the experience of living both on both coasts and, like you said, like around the world, but specifically lived not just in like the Bay Area where a lot of our friends go, but in different parts of California and now in Las Vegas. So we can really dive in and ask you about all the differences you've noticed. And I guess we should start off with like what we consider the West Coast. I think a lot of us think of like California, but, you know, we can discuss. Sure. I mean, like if we were really talking about like the whole West Coast, it would also include the Pacific Northwest. But I guess maybe for this one, since I haven't lived in the Pacific Northwest, we'll keep it mostly to California. And I know geographically Las Vegas is in the Southwest, but I think culturally it has way more in common with L.A. compared to Phoenix or Albuquerque. Mm, That's a good point. Mm. Mm. What elements like in common? We're talking about like what is like west coast as a culture like as a characteristic sure. so like west coast yeah like if you just go by the name like yeah it has to be on the coast but then if you do that you're taking out so many cities like if you're in like san bernardino you're still part of the socal metro area but you're nowhere near the water but you're still the west coast yeah. um same thing for vegas what would characterize a city as being west coast is if it has a similar culture and feel and like even just the general aesthetics of the city so for one palm trees <laughs> palm trees aren't even native to vegas they're not even really supposed to grow here but they're everywhere especially if you're on the strip um and then the, just the culture in general is just way more like we're a little more laid back and relaxed compared to most east coast cities and then like sure we have some elements of the southwest in las vegas like the adobe houses and just the style of the buildings in general but we have a lot of establishments that are from california like we have in and out here you don't have in and out in new mexico um what else like we have a lot of california (laughs) transplants that live here and even like our freeway system is pretty similar to that in socal with an hov lane and five lanes on the freeway so i don't know that's just like my Mm. general summary of what a west coast feel would be like Mm -hmm. yeah i also i think ming and i went to seattle once and I mean, I think I would still consider that kind of west coast because it has that techie culture Mm. and like um, young, young, there's a lot of young people moving there too. So I feel like that to me still counts as West Coast. Yeah, but that's a good point. Think? That's a good, that's a good point, Sally. I think uh, Jethro also brought up a good point of like, not just geographically, but culturally mm-hmm. what we consider West Coast. And I honestly think it depends on like who you're surrounded by, even on the East yeah. Coast, what you, how that changes your perception. Because maybe for us, I um, I don't know, just thinking of my boyfriend or the friends we know, like the mm-hmm. people who are going for tech, that may shape how like, oh, I consider when I think of West Coast, it sounds like uh, Jethro, you're describing like characteristics of Southern California or Southern West Coast. But when I think West Coast, I automatically think of the Bay Area. So I don't think palm trees. I think more of like mm-hmm. wet rain, kind of gloomy weather, tech, <laughs> like that sort of area. So it's like interesting to see how we all have different perceptions of like West Coast, even though it could be as literal as like on the coast. <laughs> right. I mean, um, same thing like for the East Coast, like the East Coast is really big. Like, yeah, you guys live in the DMV, but that's not the same thing as Florida, even though Florida is technically also the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good, I guess, background, I guess, for this topic that 
even though we're going to be talking about the West Coast, like it's it's pretty specific to the areas that you've been to because you're the person we have on. So maybe uh, we could talk more about like the specifics of you said like the weather or maybe I mentioned the weather, but <laughs> uh, do you notice a big difference for that? And I know traffic is kind of like a big thing I hear about, especially in California. I hear about like the dr- we had a few guests on a few episodes about um, back and they were from the Bay Area and they talked a lot about like the traffic and how the commute is pretty bad for them. So what are your experiences? Sure. Um, well, weather, that's a huge difference. I say like I much prefer the West Coast weather, at least in like the southern portion of the West Coast, because it's sunny most of the year, like especially here in Vegas. Like um, I can actually count on one hand the number of days it rained last year. Like it was pretty much sunny <laughs> the whole year. And it only rained like probably like five times last year, which like it's great for me because oh. I'm I don't like the rain. I love the sunshine. So it works out for me. But someone who likes rain would definitely prefer to be little further up on the coast and i know right now there's like a whole bunch of arctic storms blowing through like you guys are getting some snow a lot of places Mm -hmm. in the country are getting snow um here we just had like a dust storm and then it went back to being 65 degrees and sunny (laughs) a dust storm (laughs) a dust storm yeah like it's really quick it's like it takes less than an hour for the dust storm to happen but you're going to have winds that are close to 100 miles per hour and then you can't see anything on the road because there's so much sand that goes in it's like a mini tornado but not nearly as damaging oh wow Mm. oh jethro since you mentioned like so many different areas do you feel like there's like internal rivalries Mm. like in the west coast community because you know how you say like east versus west but then it's like san francisco versus or like norcal versus socal SoCal. like absolutely is there any of that that you (laughs) notice um i've definitely noticed it because i've lived in both norcal and socal and when i talk to like native norcal people or native socal people like they definitely have a rivalry going on but i think norcal has more of an animosity to socal than the other way around like i meet people from norcal and they're like Oh, like LA, like that's not real California. Real California is up here, like in the Bay. But then in SoCal, they'll be like, oh, like the Bay. I mean, like it's cool, but I just, I just like it way better down here. This is real California, especially with like colleges and sports teams. Like you got UCLA versus Berkeley. Um, what else? Is there? USC. And, well, USC and UCLA, that's a crosstown rivalry, but. Yeah, like between them, they definitely have a rivalry, but they can both come together when it comes to Central. They both dislike Central California. <laughs> Do these rivalries like stem oh. from this having different schools in NorCal and SouthCal, or is it just like a thing they do for fun? <laughs> or like I think it's, it's yeah, like how it's definitely for fun. <laughs> I think it's definitely like, yeah, sports teams may be part of it, yeah. but it's definitely more of a fun thing. Like they're not going to like wage a war against the other side because <laughs> at the end of the day, they're still all the same state, but like it is more of a fun rivalry type of thing. And it's more like, oh yeah, I'm proud of being from here. So mm. I'm going to defend it like compared to your side of the state. That's an interesting like characteristic for West Coast where you have that strong rival rivalry where even people who aren't from the area, like we've all probably heard of that. But when you think of like the East Coast, you don't, I don't really think of that kind of rivalry, like between like, I don't know, New York and I don't Florida, but maybe it's because Mm -hmm. California is so big, but it's still one state. So you're able to have that sort of like fun rivalry you were talking about, where as for us on the East Coast, there's so many small different states, like we could care less about what people are doing in like Connecticut. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like for yeah, us, exactly. Yeah, it was like it's county like based. Yeah, like PG versus like Moco. <laughs> I remember that. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't really say it's county based here. Like, I guess even within the same general part of the state, like it's so big that people kind of tell you where they're from based on area codes. Like, I know like, in Maryland, it's like everyone is two four zero or three zero one. Or here in Vegas, everyone's seven zero two. But like in California, it's so big. So people are like, oh, yeah, I'm from the 626. You know, we got the night market in Arcadia. But then there's people like, oh, I'm from the 919, um. <laughs> like um, the Inland Empire. Uh, that's basically San Bernardino and Riverside counties. Like we generally just call that area the Inland Empire because they're further inland. Mm. <laughs> Why is it an empire? <laughs> oh, I actually looked into the history of that because... oh. oh my Apple Watch went off. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, it's called the Inland Empire because historically, like before the LA Metro um, 
the LA metro area really boomed into that side. Um, it was mostly farms. There were, there were a lot of citrus groves and farms. It was a very agricultural area. And that's just what they used to kind of market it. Like, oh yeah, this is like the Inland Empire come visit, see our like orange groves. But now mm. it's basically similar to Metro LA mm. because they're all part of the same Metro area. Mm. That makes sense. And like the whole thing with, with the rivalry, like sure, they have the rivalry like within California. But what I've noticed is that the neighboring states to California, like Nevada, Arizona, Oregon, Washington, we all generally dislike Californians <laughs> because the, because like, you know, like the housing crisis in California, you've heard of it, right? Mm, like everyone's yeah. getting priced out of the state. Mm-hmm. So where do you go? Mm-hmm, you go yeah. to the neighboring states where it's cheaper. Which is fine, like you're doing that. But when you do that by like millions of people, you generally bring up the housing prices in the state. You change the demographics of the state. And people who are from like mm. like Nevada or from Oregon originally, they don't like the change that's coming because of mm. all the influx of Californians moving there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting uh, point mm. you make. So do you feel like as someone who's lived in both states or you know, of rival areas, even within California, that it's hard for you to switch between the rivalries or identify as like NorCal, SoCal, or now Nevada? Or is that Mm -hmm. maybe why you like lean even more into the rivalries because you like have been in both places? Oh, I mean, generally the rivalries are just for good fun. I generally <laughs> tend to root for the place I currently live in. So, mm. well, now obviously I'm like, I'm a Nevada now. So I'm like, oh yeah, like, oh, why are there California plates everywhere on our freeway? Uh, But then someone <laughs> reminds me, um, hello, you were one of them. You lived in California and you moved here. So it's like, it's just in fun. And I understand the rivalries better because I've lived in each part. But I generally tend to side with wherever mm. I currently live in that moment. Mm-hmm. so is there any mm-hmm. did you notice any difference in like the way people talk between where you live now and i guess probably the east coast a difference in slang or just the way people address sure. each Let's other see. or something um well with accents i don't know i don't think i have an accent but when i'm somewhere that's not like on the west coast people like to point out like oh are you from like california are you from like this area because of how you talk i'm like i don't know like i don't think i have an accent do i Mm. but like um as for slang like i know we have different slang for sure but i think like a lot of like slang that comes from california is becoming a little more standardized like nationwide like take for example the word hella it's from the bay area then it made its way (laughs) down to socal and then now when you go to other states i hear people saying hella too so Sure, it came from the West Coast, but I think it's more of like a general word now. Mm-hmm. I think slang is like. Mm-hmm. Do people say that? I, I, like, like, I hear it a, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, like not as often as yeah. you'd hear it here, but I definitely hear some people from Maryland say "hella" now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably or people who a- like lived there before. That's true. Like, yeah, people who like move from there, they bring it with them and then it just kind of spreads in their new area. But there are some things that I definitely only hear on the West Coast. Like, have you guys heard of um, yeah, no, yeah? Like, Uh, can you use it in a sentence? Yeah, Yeah, sure. Let me explain. So what I noticed from a lot of my friends like in California, they use like they tend to use like, yeah, no or no, yeah, in a sentence. So basically... Yeah, no means yes, and no, yeah means no. And I'll use it in a sentence. So let's say you ask someone to go hang out tonight, and then they're going to say, uh, yeah, no, I don't feel like going out tonight. So even though they said yeah and no in the same sentence, they really mean no. Um, and then the reverse of that is like, do you want to go <laughs> oh. out tonight? No, yeah, I'd totally be down to go, you know? Oh, okay. So you just go with okay, the so second the one. one. Yeah. Oh. It's like saying I'm good. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Except yeah. it's, it's you know how people say like I'm good, like you're good, like what's your problem? Like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, yeah, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's definitely something here. When you said the no yeah one, like I really got in my mind like a Southern California kind of girl, like <laughs> no yeah. Like I don't know why. <laughs> but it's like that. Yeah, oh, that's like stereotypical valley girl. Valley girl. Yeah, valley girl. I've definitely yeah. 
heard that, I guess. But I was going to say with like slang, it might be even harder to like, there's definitely some things that are certainly regional, but like now with like, especially with TikTok, where it's like a video platform, like it's so easy now for like slang and phrases to spread. Like going back to your Hella example, I've seen that like, even though I've never heard anyone on like in Maryland actually use it, like I know that it's slang. Like I know that it's not actually saying like hell like or something like that. Like it's not <laughs> negative. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. There we no. Go, like that. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you guys can like spread it over there too. Um, wait, Linda, um, talking about thing. Oh sorry. Oh, so sorry. You know, slang. I really miss the slang huh? that like PG County, like middle schoolers used back in the day. Like uh, like yeah, like, oh my god! I heard someone say you're a loaf. The really? other day, <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. Or what about I'm guh? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Your guh face. That. Oh, stop! <laughs> we should bring so, that back. Like, um, thinking more slang. Um, oh yeah. Let's well, not Sally. <laughs> okay, so like, I might have mentioned it earlier, but like I, I was calling like our like fast expressways. I call them freeways. I know for a mm. fact you guys don't call yours mm. freeways what do you call them on the highways? east coast again highways, oh, highways. Yeah. <laughs> or the, the turnpike in new jersey <laughs> yeah oh that's a good yeah, point like we, yeah like west coast it's not even just oh. like southern like i know like um my friends in oregon and, and washington state and they also call it freeway so that's definitely a west coast thing calling it mm. a freeway but something very specific to southern california is adding the in front of the freeway number uh, take for example like Oh yeah, I went south on the 15 and then I had to exit on the 405 today. That's like definitely a SoCal yeah. thing. Because I know in NorCal, they don't really say that. Mm. And then the only people in Vegas who say that are people from SoCal. It's mm. so yeah, cool how like never these little things, can, you can tell where they're from, from these like little details mm-hmm. and how they talk. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think you have a lot of those like little bits of vocabulary from different places because you've been to so many places? Like, do you ever catch yourself saying, like, Maryland slang? I don't know what counts as Maryland slang anymore, uh, honestly. Let me see. But, like, I know OC was Maryland? pretty big. Oh, right. <laughs> like, OC. you're so OC. I mean, <laughs> That's so easy. The thing is, when I hear OC, I think of, like, Orange County, you know, because like, of the show. Uh, like, oh, yeah, the OC. Yeah. I don't think of it, like... Orange <laughs> County? <laughs> or, like, I know people say OC for, like, Ocean City. But here, if you say the OC, it's like, oh, Orange County. Oh. Or, like, another <laughs> one. Like, something a little more Asian-tuned. We call it boba. What do you guys call it? Bubble tea. Bubble tea. I did like a whole poll oh, on Instagram tea. about that one time. Oh, really? What What were your results? Did most people call it? It was just boba? as I expected. I mean, like all my friends from the West Coast called it boba as expected. And all my friends from the East Coast called it bubble tea. So it was about split evenly. Wow. Scientifically. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you can publish your results. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's pretty interesting. And I guess um, that's something we can keep in mind when we talk about other differences, because that'll probably influence like overall culture. I think language always does that. But you can talk more about like uh, the more major things, like when we think of like we talked about earlier, like tech and industry and then career, maybe if you notice any differences or maybe that has influenced your um, interest in PR because I know for sure oh, yeah. you were interested or we we joked about being car salesman so oh, yeah journalism, journalism too, so. in high school so DC Washington Post and now PR you know sure Sure. So like the different industries. So, okay, obviously we've touched base on tech, you know, because we got Silicon Valley and then there's a number of tech companies growing in like um, Seattle, like Portland, those areas. Tech is, I think it's more of like, it has more of a presence here on the West Coast than on the East Coast. Same with um, entertainment because we have Hollywood Mm -hmm. and even Vegas would be like the second biggest entertainment like capital in the U.S. because hospitality is a huge career. Like it's actually a degree at UNLV to learn hospitality, to learn how to like service guests, how to like make them feel welcome. Like that's a whole degree here. And I know that's not really offered in any other school. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a mm-hmm. good point. I, I, again, I completely forget about Hollywood sometimes. <laughs> I, I think it's just really shaped by like who you're around, I guess. So thinking about like Northern California and the Bay Area so much like that, like Apple, Facebook, Google, those have overtaken my mind. And now I I don't even like Hollywood. Like, what's that? (laughs) Yeah, Hollywood. I mean, 
Hollywood definitely seems more glamorous. I think at East Coast, it's like consulting. Mm. I don't know. When I think East Coast, I think for one, D.C., politics, of Mm. course. You know, that's our nation's capital. So if you want to be in government or politics, that's definitely the place to be. Then I think of New York City. It's like a financial capital of the U.S. So Wall Street investors, like a lot of CEOs of companies, like have a base in New York City. Mm -hmm. Jethro, I'm interested if like you've noticed a difference because you went to school split basically 50 50 in northern california northern california right around Mm -hmm. uh for puc and then in las vegas did you notice like a difference in the majors your friends were choosing based on their area or did it seem kind of the same well i definitely noticed a difference in major but i don't think it's because of area i think it's more like what the school specializes in. So PUC is a school that specializes in like nursing and healthcare. So of course, most of my friends at PUC were nursing and they were doing pre-med. In fact, that's how I started out before I switched to journalism. Uh, Did we all? We all did. Um, Meanwhile, at UNLV, maybe it's because UNLV is a public school and it's bigger, but most of my friends were in my um, type of uh, major like most of my friends were in journalism media studies they were in communication or they were in hospitality because hospitality is like the biggest major at UNLV because of the nature of our city Mm. so it's not really a maybe it's not a regional thing maybe it's just specific to like our schools like those schools specifically and our specific circles Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense too like your circles definitely influence what you're seeing around did you know any people who were like who well I guess the school you went to like you said was mostly focused on healthcare and nursing but if you had like friends outside of that school like did you ever hear people like our friends going from the east coast to uh the west coast for a specific industry like specifically for tech or entertainment or anything like that well, I definitely noticed more people come from the East Coast to the West Coast because most people from the West Coast don't yeah. really want to leave from what I've noticed, <laughs> except I do have a few friends who do want to work in politics or the government. So they specifically oh. seek out schools in D.C. for that reason. So, yeah, they would go to the East Coast because of that. But if it's just for like the whole geographic change, most people tend to stay around here. Like they'll just go to the other side of the state or they'll go to like Arizona, but they won't really make the big leap over to the East Coast compared to people from there coming over here. Mm -hmm. That makes sense because it's so big. The point you made, though, about like people from the West Coast not really moving to the East Coast. I definitely have seen that or I feel like that's a general Mm -hmm. theme. I don't know that I've heard of throughout where like. Yeah, you might move from the West Coast to the East Coast for your job or for a specific hotspot area like D.C. or New York. But like you're not moving to the East Coast for the weather (laughs) as far as I know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, like what I noticed, though, like um, on the East Coast, I find it might be a little bit unrelated, but I find it easier to have lasting friendships on the East Coast compared to the West Coast. And it's not to say that my West Coast friends aren't like my real friends or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just like. It's just like the the whole like the culture, like, you know, like take, for example, us like we've known each other since like, you know, high school and we don't talk every day. But when we do talk, it's cool. Like it's like nothing happened. We still have our friendship going Mm -hmm. on the West Coast. I notice friendships are a little more flexible, like not really flexible, but (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. Like, yeah, like Like it's like, let's say like here on the West Coast, like you make plans with someone and then they cancel last minute. It's not really a big deal. It's like, okay, yeah, plans change. Like, that's fine. But if you did on the East Coast, it's like you planned for it and then you cancel last minute. It's seen as like really rude because I notice that people tend to value mm. each other's time more there compared to on the West Coast. Mm. You kind of see what I'm trying mm. to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, what is the process of getting to know someone for the like just becoming friends, do you feel like it's different from East Coast to I think so. West Coast? Like first meeting someone, getting close, things like that. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's easier to be like, to get close or to meet, to become friends, it's easier on the West Coast, but like to be deeper than friends or like Absolutely. closer like, friends, maybe Here on the West harder. Coast, like, you know, you go to a lot of parties or you go to clubs or you're in the same organization. It's easy to make acquaintances. It's easy to get to know a yeah. lot of people and network, but to really have a lasting friendship, it's a little bit harder. It's not impossible, but it does take more effort compared to the East Coast. Like you won't make as many acquaintances off the bat, but the friends you do make, you tend to keep those friendships 
longer. And I don't really know what it is. It mm-hmm. might just be a cultural thing or it might just be my circle, but that's what I've noticed. That's mm-hmm. an interesting observation. Also, the thing you said about time. And uh, I mean, I've never been to the West Coast, but from like the YouTube videos I watched, of, okay, I'm kind of a nerd and I like to watch people compare like different areas of the country and like, especially when it comes to like housing and stuff like that. But a lot of people that lived on the West Coast, like their videos, they were talking about how time is so much more, I guess, precious on the East Coast. Like people are busy. When you think of New York, you think of people hustling and like they don't have time to just like cancel plans or whatever, just like what you were saying. And so I think that is a that is a common theme where like when you think of the West Coast, you think of someone who's way more relaxed or, you know, the weather's nice, you can go with the flow. And then the East Coast, everyone's like like really grouchy and just, you know, trying to get through life. And so <laughs> Rushing. maybe that is a thing. Yeah. And I think part of that might also be like just how the cities on each um coast are built. Like New York and DC, like um, there's a really good public transportation system, right? So even if you don't have a car, it's not impossible to get around. Unlike on mm-hmm. the West Coast, at least here in Las Vegas and in like LA metro area, there's public transportation, but it sucks. Like you're way better <laughs> off having a car and like dealing with the traffic and just getting on the freeway than trying to take a bus. And I don't know, I just think like having a, a car centric city kind of influences culture in that way. Wow, I didn't even think of that, but like the actual mm-hmm. literal infrastructure of a city can influence it. Mm-hmm. Like you had to invest more to go see someone. It's like the the social <laughs> friction kind of thing. Might so be that you need like a better payoff to spend time together. Something like that, because like yeah, yeah, there's traffic, and then like just your general metro, like the LA metro area is way bigger than DC's metro area. So, it, you know, like, let's say you live in like Riverside, but you're going to go see your friend in Glendale. You're in the same metro area, but that's like an hour away. And that's not even including traffic, like if you're driving in that direction. So you're like, I don't know, do I really want to go spend an hour sitting in traffic just to hang out for like a few <laughs> minutes? I'm like over there, like, especially for you guys, mm-hmm. you guys all live in PG County. I think you guys didn't move, right? You're still in PG County. So like driving to see each other or you know like taking public transportation to see each other wouldn't be as big of a deal but when you do make your plans you do like you know you have to plan them out you have to make sure the weather is willing to do it so i don't know i just think that kind of influences that Mm. i mean with covid we're kind of all in the same situation this is all like pre-covid stuff by the way (laughs) yeah and um i guess on that note we don't have it on the outline or the agenda to talk about but uh, when Linda brought up talking about making friends and we could probably have a whole other discussion about that because you switched around areas so much but um, in terms of making friends you said there was a difference versus east coast and west coast what about like dating like um, I know that we've all used apps so do you think that has helped the situation or it's still like a struggle in the same way to make friends (laughs) That you found. I think with dating, like, okay, like I'll speak from experience. I think trying to do dating in Las Vegas sucks because a lot of the people you'll see on <laughs> dating apps are tourists. So it's like, okay, yeah, we'll match and we'll talk. And then what? You're going to move, you're going to go back to your city afterwards. Oh. And then what I noticed, because I've been on a few dates here, like, at least for me, like all the gay guys here, they kind of know each other. So it's like, oh, you know, the, it's like, damn, like I can't have anyone to myself. You've like all kind of dated each other and you know of each other. <laughs> In California, <laughs> it's like somebody's ex. exactly in California. I think it's a little better because the general area was big, but then like still like within like the same circles, you still kind of run into the same people or the people who know each other. And then, okay, this is something I've noticed, but maybe it's just because for me, because like I'm Filipino and there's Filipinos everywhere here. So like, sure, I'm a dime a dozen here. But when I'm on the East Coast, I tend to get way more matches, maybe because they see me as like exotic or something. Like, especially when I I go to like North or South Carolina to like go to the beach, I get like way more matches compared to when I'm here at home. Probably because you're like, oh, this guy's different. Like, he's exotic. So I guess that's like a plus factor. <laughs> but like, that might just be a me. That's not a coasting. That's just like mm. a, a me thing, I guess. A Jethro <laughs> situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll talk later in the episode about like the differences of, I guess, Asian populations. I have a few statistics I looked up. But yeah, I guess that is a good point. I think also when people think of California, especially, but over the West Coast, they think of a pretty large Asian population. So. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I'm not surprised that it influences, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. your dating life. Let's talk more about dating. Do you notice a yeah. trend in like how serious people are dating on the East Coast versus West Coast? Yeah, like I notice, like my friends, they do have long term relationships over here. It's at least in Vegas, it's definitely more of a hookup culture but then it also might be because Mm -hmm. my dating pool is small so like maybe if i were a straight man maybe it would be a different story for me and i think that might just might be like oh yeah if you're like trying to get into a same-sex relationship like it's gonna be a lot different regardless of where you're trying to date so that might just be a whole nother topic in itself Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point that's Mm. like what when when you do like a a science like experiment you're trying to isolate like the the, (laughs) confounding the control control. the contributing factor and just that you have so much going on with like being filipino being gay and then switching all the areas like yeah that's a good point all that influences your experiences Mm -hmm. exactly like who i am like other than where i live Mm -hmm. will definitely influence Um, how i experience it versus someone else yeah Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you kind of carry yourself with you to the different places. Um, okay, so now that we're talking about the fun things, <laughs> I kind of regret not going to a rave before COVID. Oh my God. But I would I'm love not, to hear from. Never thought I would hear Jethro, Linda say she like, regret the music <laughs> yeah. festival scene. The I'm crying in the club. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I miss raving. Um, Uh, It's been like a year, but like, (sighs) (laughs) um. Well, I'm pretty sure there's a rave culture on both coasts, but I think there's definitely way more prevalent on the West Coast because just take festivals, for example. Like, sure, the East Coast has EDC New York, you have Moonrise, you have Ultra Miami, but that doesn't, like, even scratch the surface compared to, like, we have EDC Las Vegas, we have Coachella, we have Hard Summer, we have Audio on the Bay, we have Countdown, you know, and there's so many more that I can't even name. And then pre-pandemic here in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. the nightclubs, like, DJs that are, like, pretty well-known, they play the nightclubs every weekend. So, like, if you're an EDM fan, it's definitely more like of a mecca for you to come to the west coast and the east coast in fact i was just remembering like mm-hmm. i remember one time like i think it was in 2017 when everyone like even over there in maryland started to like go to raves more and then i was just thinking like wait a minute when i was in high school i was listening to edm and people thought i was mm-hmm. weird for listening to like this bebop music like because everyone was listening to like drake and stuff that's true and i was like man like you guys like all thought i was weird for listening to edm in high school but now that it's like a cool thing to do like you all want to go hmm something sus <laughs> you're a trendsetter <laughs> but, the, but then when i came here like i remember like um i remember like at pc like when i met like people like um, freshman year and then we were talking about music and i was like wait you guys all listen to edm you all went to festivals in high school like everyone here listens to it and like they didn't think you were weird or anything i was like well like that's such like a positive difference for me like if i went there i I definitely would have gone to a festival before i was even in college yeah i can't really speak to like the genre of music but it definitely makes sense that there's way more festivals and raves just because like you said like you're in the entertainment industry the area is so full with like entertainers i guess so it kind of does make sense that you've experienced a lot more of like those types of events but i don't know i don't do you think that um in terms of the genre of music that it's significantly different or now because of you know like social media and i know like tiktok like every time i hear a song on the radio my my sister's like oh that's from tiktok so like yeah like i mean i definitely think like even with the internet before like it's still like stuff was more regional when it comes to music but tiktok is like the great equalizer like people from everywhere (laughs) will listen to the same stuff because it was popular on tiktok and that's like a whole nother topic on how tiktok how it influences the music industry in general but that's like a whole nother topic so i think more broadly what do people do for fun or like what do you do when you usually hang out did you notice the difference between what you would do with your friends in East Coast or versus what you would do with your friends like there? Well, I think like with my circles, like I think it's pretty similar because what I do with my friends, like we usually just get boba and like we go eat and you can do that <laughs> anywhere regardless. But what I noticed with the difference here <laughs> is that at least in Las Vegas, stuff is open longer. Like there's going to be boba shops that are open till 2 a.m. So let's say it's like midnight and like 
I want oh, a Boba wow. fix. There's going to be places that are open. I remember oh. last time I visited Maryland again, and then I wanted to get Boba with some of my friends. And then the closest Boba place closed at eight. And I was like, that's so early. Like, why is nothing open yeah. past eight? Like, that's so weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People sleep early here. Did you notice that in like California or do you think it's because, you know, when you think of Las Vegas, you think of like staying up all night, you know, like going wild. I mean, do you think definitely noticed that. City? Definitely noticed it in Las Vegas. But even when I was going to school at PUC, there were still some boba shops that were open pretty late. So mm. and we still end up having late night boba adventures. So I don't know. I think it <laughs> might be like a coastal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing yeah. I noticed is that, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys do outdoor activities there too, but I think here people are way more outdoorsy simply because the weather allows you to. And at least in Vegas, there's a lot of spots to like go hiking, you know, there's Red Rock Canyon, there's Valley of Fire, like just a short drive away. Unlike in mm-hmm. Maryland, like, you can go hiking, but it's going to be at a state park or somewhere in the mountain. Mm-hmm. It's not really it's like, like the same two state parks outdoor that thing. we have in Maryland. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah. that's another difference I noticed. <laughs> that's a good point. That's why, like, every, like, tech bro you know is like, oh, I go climbing also on the weekends. Or, like, <laughs> that's you, Ming. <laughs> Come hiking. It's like Sugarloaf yeah. Mountain. <laughs> I'm not a tech bro yet, but that does make sense. Your environment, you know, is so nice over there. Especially, like, no matter where you go in California, I don't know. It seems like you have, like, the beach, you have... Some people like the desert. You have like the mountains. You have snow. Like there's so many different areas. Yeah, mm-hmm. like for the most part. Yeah. It, I want to go to oh Joshua Tree. It look, like looks so pretty. <laughs> like, actually, one spot that's underrated. I think this is more southwest and west coast, but Utah is a really underrated state for natural beauty. Mm-hmm. Like I went to Bryce Canyon over the summer, and it was like I was on another planet. Like the, these rock structures are like amazing. Like I loved that trip. Mm-hmm. Do you think mm-hmm. you became more of an outdoors person after moving to the West Coast? Because I don't think I ever heard you talking about hiking when you were in high school. All <laughs> <laughs> um, out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, yeah, I'm definitely more into hiking a little more like over here because maybe because I just like the desert landscape. Like some people are like, Ew, it's a desert. It's so bland. But I'm like, I don't know. I think there's a beauty in how vast it is. Sure, it's filled with like mm-hmm. nothing, but it, just like the whole open space of it is pretty nice. Mm. the open concept would you say i'm sorry do you think that the the differences have been great enough between activities or you know music or whatever that you've ever felt like in a situation you had to like hiking so you could fit in or you had to like like getting boba i mean everyone likes getting boba late at night but like you know ever felt that kind of like oh i need to like fit in with the environment i need to wake up in the mornings and like go on long hikes that sort of thing I wondered if you had to like adapt, I guess. Well, I think maybe for the hiking thing at (laughs) first, it was a bit of like, I had to adapt to like, like outdoor stuff a little more, but the rest of it, like for like the boba or like finding people who listen to EDM, like at the same time I did, I was like, it wasn't, it was so easy. I was like, wow, like I really belong here. Like, wow. Like you would listen to the same music as me, like the same Mm -hmm. things. The only change, maybe the outdoor thing, but that's just in the beginning. Like you easily adapt to that. Uh, maybe we can talk mm-hmm. more about um, adapting in terms of like your community and the not not just like the activities, but like the people that you're surrounded by. Because like we said earlier, I think a lot of people think of the West Coast in California as kind of like a Asian American, like huge enclave, like a place where you might be the majority in a city, maybe if you're um, in a certain area. So just to pause on your experiences, I pulled up like a few stats because I, I just wanted to throw those out there. And according to the U.S. Census, uh, nine out of 10 cities with the highest percentage of Asian Americans are in California. So like nine out of 10 with the other one being Honolulu in Hawaii. So it has a big percentage of Asian Americans, which I think we all knew of that. But in comparison, the DMV, Asians make up only 10% of the population. So right there, there's like a a discrepancy in like the people that you're surrounded by. And maybe, um, I don't know, you said being a Filipino in California or in the West Coast was different and you have different experiences based on that. So do you see those experiences like or differences in your everyday life, do you think? Well, I mean, I guess in my everyday life, it's not like a huge difference, but it's like when you live in the area in general, you do tend to notice it. Like, yeah, like you remember at Roosevelt? 
there were like probably less than 20 Filipinos in the whole school across all grades. Like maybe, maybe a little more, but like around that number compared to like in California or here, like Filipinos are kind of everywhere. In fact, in Las Vegas, Filipinos are actually the largest ethnic um, minority group um, other than the Chinese and um, Mexicans. But Filipinos are like, we're like one of the largest like ethnic groups here in Las Vegas. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. In fact, like, I don't know. I have this thing. It's like, if there's a Jollibee in your area, there's a good chance you have a large Filipino population. (laughs) I know they're building one there in like Wheaton Mall or something, which is cool. Like you're finally getting a Jollibee. But here in Las Vegas, we have like, you have like four different Jollibees in the same city or like across California. There's a Jollibee like everywhere. So it just kind of shows you like, oh, wow. yeah. I liked how you track the Jollibee to Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know that it's opening here. <laughs> well, yeah, like I still keep in contact with my Filipino friends yes, here. Like, no. they're so like stoked <laughs> about it. And I'm like, cool. But there's a Jollibee like 20 minutes from me and I still feel too lazy to go. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. I remember in high school, you would used to talk about Jollibee. Like whenever you would travel, you would get to taste it. And now you have it right in your own backyard. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I would always talk about in and out And there's literally in and out five minutes for me. And I never go. It's like, oh, it's right there. Why do I want to go? Mm, yeah. Since you mentioned there's so many Filipinos in your area now, do you notice like you have, I guess, more Filipino celebrations or are you more in tune with Filipino culture now that you have more in your area compared to when you're on the East Coast? I think it's about the same because even when I did live on the East Coast, I went to a Filipino church. So there were still, I still had Filipino friends. Mm. I still had definitely like, I was definitely in touch with my culture then. And then even at home, my parents speak to me and my brother in Tagalog, even though we respond in English. So like, even though there's more Filipinos here, I've never really felt out of touch with my culture. Mm. Do you think, though, that there's a difference? Because I don't know, I'm basing this off of my experience when we went to Taiwan. And it was such a an amazing experience to be like surrounded by people who look like you and, you know, to go on the metro and to be able to like reach the holds and everything <laughs> like that. Like everything is set up for you, I guess. And um, it's probably not to that extent where everything is changed in terms of like the infrastructure or whatever. But do you think like you going to church at, to a Filipino church in Maryland versus like where you said everyone around you, there's so many Filipinos and Jollibees, like, like that difference you think had an impact or you noticed it? Yeah, maybe a little bit like um here um we have like Filipino specific grocery stores. I know in Maryland, there's um, a few like what's that one in Beltsville, Mangtoni or something. Like that's Manila like your one stop shop for Manila Mart. <laughs> yeah, that's like your one stop shop. Meanwhile, in Vegas, yeah. we have multiple. Like Seafood City is just as big as any regular grocery store, but it's like all Filipino products, and they also have like some of them even have a Jollibee and a Chow King and a Grill City in it, and it's just way more easy to access <laughs> to access like Filipino food if you want it here. That's what my dad said. My dad tells everyone who visits us who's Filipino. You're never going to miss the Philippines when you live here because if you want the food, like you got all the food. If you miss the people, just go to any seafood city and you'll kind of feel like you're in the Philippines anyway. Um, so I did notice a difference like with um, when it comes to like Asian communities. It's that like, sure, there's big Asian communities on both coasts. But what I do notice is that um, on the East Coast, like sure, like you'll have like your Asian friend group, but Asians on the East Coast are more willing to assimilate with the general American culture and with um, other ethnicities compared to over on the West Coast. Mm. Like on the West Coast, I noticed most Asian friend groups are mostly Asian. They'll have like one token non-Asian friend, but they tend to stick together <laughs> in their own ethnic enclaves compared to the East Coast where you'd have like a few friends from each ethnicity. That's just something I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Mm, that makes sense. I feel like even... I, I can notice it here, like when we were in college, um, a lot of the Asians joined the white sororities. Um, and I mean, we had like some Asians that were into Asian culture because we joined Asian orgs. But outside of those, like I could see a lot of Asians that were also assimilated into what like mainstream culture here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that just makes sense when you're not like fully surrounded by your own culture or community. You kind of just have to go with the flow and fit in wherever you can so I've always I think we've all kind of wondered what it would have been like if we went to a college on the west coast where like Asians are 
the majority or, you know, they always talk about the UC system, how it's full of Asian Americans. So one can only imagine, but <laughs> it's kind of cool to hear your experience, Jethro, where you have those dual experiences. But now that you're in Las Vegas, you feel pretty much at mm-hmm. home. It was really cool. I was excited to record this episode because I think for us, especially because we're in our post-grad period where we could, our next job could bring us anywhere. Like where we want to live next is a big thing on our minds. And um, since we're so young, like there's so many opportunities to move out of the state or even to the other coast. So I think it's fun to compare the cultures between the two coasts, but Mm. um, maybe do you guys think you would move to the west coast or Jethro do you think you would ever move back to the east coast maybe in the future for a job or something or even to start your family in the future <laughs> well I don't know I, I love the west coast you know west coast best coast <laughs> but um, if I did have a job opportunity on the east coast I'm like it's just really way too good to you know turn down I mm. probably would take it and what I did notice like Vegas is a great place to move to when you're like young and you're like you know, you're just having a career, mm. but I would, I don't think I'd raise a family here because the public school system's not that good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, everyone I've talked to, well, like not everyone, but most people I've talked to who are born and raised in Vegas, they want to leave. And I'm like, oh, I don't think <laughs> I'd want that for my kids. Like I'd want them to grow up somewhere else. And then if they want to move to Vegas in the future, then cool. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. raise a family here, maybe in California, mm-hmm. but maybe not in Vegas. Yeah. That's a good distinction between like where I could see myself living for like maybe you know my 20s 30s maybe and then where I would actually settle down I think uh we've talked about it like we went to the same high school (laughs) the college like all within the same area and so when I think of like going on an adventure and going far away I automatically think of the west coast because it's the farthest you can get um like in the U.S. so I do daydream about moving to the west coast probably California or maybe Pacific Northwest because I like that kind of, I guess, temperate area. But I don't know, it's fun to imagine. But I think ultimately, Jethro is right, where when you start thinking of your family and kids, you have to consider what they Mm -hmm. would want to growing up. So I don't know if I'd want to be closer to my family and move back to the East Coast. But maybe I'll move out to the West Coast, Jethro. (laughs) If you guys do hit me up, we'll party (laughs) when there's no pandemic. What about you two? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Wait, Jethro, have you seen Big Little Lies? I feel like the scenery on that show was just so pretty. It made me want to move to California. Wait, where was it Ming specifically? It was like, oh, Monterey. Monterey Bay. Monterey in Bay. California. Wait, oh, Monterey. Yeah, that's in that's in NorCal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. Um, it's near Santa Cruz. Like I go I used to go to Santa Cruz like, you know, a few times when I was at PUC. And then I did drive through Monterey and I did a stop there. It is beautiful. Like when, especially when you're on the ocean, you're on the little ledge, you're at a hotel there, you just sip your little coffee. Yeah, yeah like it's beautiful. <laughs> but they do get more rain compared to Southern California. So just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. definitely want to stop by there for for a while. Um, I feel like Jethro painted a very realistic picture of the West Coast. So I could see myself being transplanted there because before I, I never really like had anything except for the show. And it was like, rich white moms kind of perspective so it was very like enticing (laughs) to hear your view on it um so yeah it would be nice Mm -hmm. I think it's similar to you too I really want to move out of Maryland at least because I've been here my whole life I was born and raised here went to college here I'm working here so if I have the chance, probably for grad school, I'd want to move out. But also the West Coast seems like so far away from my family because most of my family is on the East Coast. So it's kind of hard to make that jump like all of a sudden. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe for a short term, like a job or. Yeah, just something that's like a few years that I could always move back to. But definitely for raising a family, I do want to be close to my parents and my extended family because I feel like raising a family is a lot of work and you can't do it on your own when you're like the only one out there and and on your like the west coast so Mm -hmm. another thing to keep in mind like yeah it would be nice to move to the west coast but you also have to remember that the cost of living out here is a lot higher I mean like you guys already live in the DC area so it's already kind of high but it's 
even higher over here. So that's something to take into account. Like if your job, it will pay more, but then your cost of living also shoots mm-hmm. up. And then if you bring your car, some in California, at least some places, don't be surprised if your gas is almost $4 a gallon. That's just normal there. <laughs> I'm still scared mm-hmm. of so like, yeah, like, this something <laughs> Never mind. To, to keep it realistic. Like, yeah, like that's something to keep in mind, even though, yeah, it's fun. It's an adventure, but mm-hmm. like the area is expensive. And that's why a lot of people are leaving too. But like, if you mm-hmm. do come, just keep that in mind and it'll be cool. Yeah, those are good points, Jethro. All right, thanks for sticking to the end of this podcast episode. It's our 50th one, so we're really excited that we got to have on one of our oldest friends for kind of a momentous episode to make it all the way to 50. And I hope that you learned a lot from him. Um, It's nice to always hear fresh and new perspectives, especially when it's from someone who has been all over the world and ended up in Las Vegas. So we were able to hear about his experiences and maybe it inspired you to go traveling post-COVID and maybe even potentially move. Let us know if that did. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at movingalongpod and check out our Medium blog for all of our bonus contents. You can follow us there at movingalong.medium.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye.